successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show and online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show here on 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast or on my website GrillNationShow.com. I appreciate you joining us today. Uh, it was great being back in the studio last week. I hope you enjoyed the show, and I'm hoping that you enjoyed this show as well. There's going to be a lot of great information shared with you today on a very important topic that um, is going to be coming up here soon uh, in the state of Kansas, but also is being utilized throughout the country uh, with regards to voting and a uh, very, very innovative way to vote, and it's it's starting to really grow throughout our country. We're going to have on a um, a consultant and someone who's very knowledgeable in the, the the world of ranked choice voting, uh, we, we've been she's working with Fair Vote this election cycle. Uh, Maria Perez is the uh, is a principal consultant at Democracy in Action. She's also one of her clients is Fair Vote. Their website is fairvote.org. We'll get to her in just a second. I want to thank our our supporters of the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill. Contributors include the KCADC as well as others like Landmark Bank and uh, our other contributors that come on the show from time to time. I appreciate your support of the show, and I hope you are enjoying uh, what we've been doing the last few weeks back on the Grill Nation show. So I want to bring on Maria. Maria is calling in today um, and very excited to talk to her about about what uh, ranked choice voting is, about how it's going to work in Kansas. The election is coming up here soon with mail-in out ballots going out March 30th. And then actual election day scheduled at this time for May 2nd in person. Um, welcome to the show, Maria. How are you today? Uh, hi, Jason. I'm doing well. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I appreciate you calling in today. Um, for those yeah. listeners who, who don't know about your background, I was, I was looking into it today. Take us through a little bit about your background and kind of how you got into working uh, in ranked choice voting. But first, give us your, your story because that's always interesting to our listeners. So, yes, um, I um, got into democracy, the democracy field, uh, for a variety of reasons. I, you know, I guess the main reason is that I grew up in Ecuador. Uh, Ecuador is a small country in South America, and we in Ecuador have to vote. Anybody who is over the age of 18 has to vote. It's not uh, optional. So if you don't vote, there's a number of things, uh, a number of consequences uh, that take place. Uh, you know, you can't buy land, you can't um, leave the country, you can't get a passport, a number of things. So, you know, the, the voters, the people are very incentivized to vote. And, you know, I never thought of it as, as a kid growing up. I always went with my parents to vote in uh, every election. There's just like a voting culture that happens there. People talk about upcoming elections, about issues, about candidates around the kitchen table. And I never gave it a second thought until I came to the United States uh, as a teenager. And I really realized that things are very, very different here. Right? Mm-hmm. People 
just don't vote. And uh, I was appalled by that. So that's that's always been in the back of my mind. Um, and the other reason why I got into this work is um, I'm a, uh, you know, by, by training, I'm a public health person. I, I was a um, healthcare provider for, for many years, and uh, I've worked on health policy and, and uh, health equity issues for many, many years. And at the bottom of that really is the issue of um, civic engagement and democracy, right? Like we can, we can talk about things like access to healthcare. We can talk about things like housing justice and uh, education and all these things that, that people work on. But if we don't have a functioning democracy, mm-hmm. then we don't have any of those other things. So that is kind of what, what um, got me really working specifically on, on democracy issues and election reform issues, because I feel that if we have a good system where people actually are uh, incentivized to vote, to get civically engaged, then we are going to get people elected into office that are uh, responsive and accountable to the voters and who are going to actually work uh, for the people. So this is, this is my plight in my, in my life. Mm-hmm. You had quite the career change then, uh, going from the health field to, to this, um, and now you own your own company. Talk to us about that. I think that's real interesting. Um, and, and you've got clients throughout the country. You've also uh, uh, ran uh, parts of uh, directed fair vote in New Mexico and, and worked on different campaigns uh, and did a lot of consulting work. Uh, talk to us about that transition. I know you have a uh, another consultant that works with you as well who uh, is Grace Ramsey, but you have your own uh, business now and it's growing. Right. So, uh, yes, I was um, prior to the, the – the 2016 presidential election, I was working on uh, health equity initiatives uh, primarily. I was living in the Bay Area, and I was working on this great health equity initiative there, Mm -hmm. working on all these issues that I talked about, housing, education, peace promotion, economic development, access to health care, etc. And then after the 2016 election, it became really clear to me that – you know, again, that that the main issue to be worked on really was democracy if we are wanting to have those other things for our people, right, like mm-hmm. education and everything else. So at that point, I decided, okay, it's time for me uh, to really shift my profession and uh, concentrate strictly on democracy issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that time... Um, Fairvote was looking for a director in in the state of New Mexico, which is really my home and where my heart is. So I jumped on that opportunity, and I was lucky enough to get that job. And I directed Fairvote New Mexico for a couple of years. Uh, I got um, ranked choice voting uh, implemented in the city of Santa Fe, which is my my hometown, and uh, worked on getting ranked choice voting adopted uh, and implemented also in the city of Las Cruces which is uh, our second largest city here in New Mexico. Uh, it's a border town. Um, so, you know, at that time, uh, I met Grace Ramsey, who was my colleague at this point. Uh, we work together in um, with these contracts around the country. Like you mentioned, we, we work on, on election reform, particularly ranked choice voting. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're just trying to, you know, we think that this is a really good reform, like I said, that will incentivize people to be engaged, to vote, incentivize candidates to be accountable to their voters. And so we're working all over the country um, on, on this issue. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, it's it's grown 
exponentially. Support for this uh, reform has grown exponentially in the last year or so, and we're just very excited to be you know, in this field working hard on this right now. It's awesome stuff. We're going to get more into how it's going to function in the state of Kansas and learn more. But FairVote is online at fairvote.org. Uh, their mission, they are a nonpartisan champion of election reforms that give voters greater choice, a stronger voice, and a representative democracy that works for all Americans. Uh, FairVote has actually been in, uh, in existence since 1992 as a nonpartisan trailblazers, and they uh, advocate for election reforms at the local, state, and national levels. Uh, they have also obviously been covered a lot in the media recently, both nationally here and locally. Uh, we're going to get into their story a little bit more and talk about why ranking your candidates uh, leads to so many better things than typically than your typical going into a, a primary or into the polling place like we did in Missouri very recently and picking one out of 22 candidates. Uh, why is this method so much better? Uh, Maria Perez is going to talk to us about that after the break. You're listening to the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM and also on iTunes via podcast or my website, grillnationshow.com. I appreciate you joining us today and we will be right back. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast or at my website, grillnationshow.com. You connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. I'm also available on social media throughout the uh, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, the Snapchats, you name it. Uh, just search for my name, Jason Grill. Uh, exciting show today. We're talking about fair vote and ranked choice voting on the Grill Nation show today. There is an election coming up in the state of Kansas uh, for the Kansas Democratic primary, um, the ballots go out. You can receive them via mail as of March 30th, and the uh, the, the actual primary in person will take place on May 2nd uh, from 10 to 4, I believe. Uh, and it's going to use we're going to use a new voting mechanism in, in Kansas this year. It's going to be ranked choice voting ballot. There'll be four candidates on your ballot, and we're talking more about this with a ranked choice voting consultant and expert. She's working with FairVote. Their website is fairvote.org. Maria Perez is here. Maria is calling us from the great state of New Mexico, which you've never been. I highly recommend going there. I highly recommend the Balloon Fiesta in Albuquerque. Maria and I were just talking about that on, on break. It's a great place to go, and and uh, I can't wait to come back. But, uh, Maria, we're going to we're gonna start off this segment with uh, kind of explain to our voters what or excuse me, our listeners, I'm already in the voting mentality. Explain to our <laughs> listeners what ranked choice voting actually is. How does this operate? Sure. So ranked choice voting is is a very simple change to the way that we vote. Uh, it, what it means is that when, as a voter, when you get your ballot, you have the list of candidates uh, as you would in any election. But instead of just being asked to pick only your favorite one and just choose that one and hope that that one wins and that everybody else loses with a ranked choice ballot, you get to rank the candidates you like in order of preference. So it's not a zero sum game. You like this candidate, the best, wonderful. You mark them as your number one choice, but in case that candidate doesn't have enough popular support to win, then you get to uh, determine who your backup choices are. So if your favorite cannot win, if the candidate you love is not going to win, 
then you can determine which candidate you like. Mm -hmm. And if your candidate you like cannot win, then you get to determine which candidate you can live with. So it really um, provides the voter with a more nuanced uh, vote, if you will, so that you don't have to make an impossible decision that we've all as voters had to make at some point in which we, we go into the voting booth and we try to figure out where who to give our, our vote to because if we actually vote for who we really love uh we may just waste our vote and uh, and help elect the person that we really don't want elected so it's it's just a wonderful simple way to change the way we vote that that reflects the voters um preferences way uh better than than that zero sum game of just choosing one candidate and not having a backup choice Mm-hmm. That is so true. And and so you mentioned if they don't have viability. So uh, hypothetically, uh, if if in the state of Kansas in the election coming up, there'll be four candidates on the Democratic primary ballot. Uh, there will be Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Tulsi Gabbard and Elizabeth Warren. We all know that Elizabeth Warren uh, is now out of the race. But let's say somebody really loved Elizabeth Warren and and just wanted to go vote for her because they hadn't had the chance while she was still in the race. They put her as their number one choice, uh, and then they put, let's say, Joe Biden as their number two choice. Uh, and let's say, and so I guess I would say, ask you this question: What is Elizabeth Warren? What percentage does she have to get to actually re- get delegates and to remain uh, viable? So, for the Democratic primaries, uh, any candidate that receives at least fifteen percent of the vote would automatically get some delegates. Mm-hmm. Okay, so fifteen percent is the threshold. If they not reach that, then there, then you, then you go to your second choice. Let's say you did put Joe Biden; he would then become your vote. Is that true? That's correct. So, the way that ranked choice voting works is every voter uh, marks their preferences on their ballot, and then when er- when all the votes are in the machines, the tabulators will look at everybody's first choice votes and only their first choice votes and count those votes. At that point, uh, you get to see which candidates have viability. In other words, which candidates received at least 15% of the vote and Mm -hmm. those candidates will receive delegates one way or another, right? They're in, they're get, they, uh, reach that threshold of viability and they're in. Yeah. So this works really good. If, if there's any candidates on the ballot that did not receive uh, that did not reach that threshold of 15 percent, then then the machines, the tabulators will look at which candidate got the least amount of support. That candidate gets eliminated. And those voters who chose that candidate as their favorite now have their vote count for their next choice. Mm-hmm. And this goes on uh, in rounds until all the candidates left uh, have reached at least 15 percent. And all the candidates uh, that didn't reach 15 percent have been eliminated. This is a really good way to deal with crowded fields, whether it's a, a presidential primary like we've seen the last few cycles in the Republicans and the Democratic side, as well as, you know, in, Can- in the Kansas City area, we have a mayor's election that's nonpartisan every year in Kansas City, Missouri. And, um, you know, we just had one in 2019 and there probably was. I can't remember off the top of my head, but let's say there was ten candidates, and we have a we have a a, a, a primary election where it narrows it down to the top two, uh, top two percentage vote getters. But then you know there's a runoff, right? There's a general election, 
And so there's two elections where there could just be one, I would assume, with uh, ranked choice voting, because at some level, if you're narrowing it down to that many people, uh, to two people, one of them was going to have to get the majority. Is that right? And th- this works for all different types of elections, not just, uh, you know, party primaries. Yeah, that's correct. So ranked choice voting is uh, currently being used for all types of elections. So the mayoral race that you just described uh, there, um, it, if that jurisdiction had, had used ranked choice voting, then uh, they would have saved a bunch of money in running an additional runoff election, right? Mm-hmm. Basically, what ranked choice voting allows for is that for that runoff process to happen uh, in just one trip to the to the you know to the voting booth, mm-hmm. um, where you can say, okay, this is my favorite, but if they can't win, you're already uh, determining who your backup choices are. So. You know, to be clear and to make sure that that your listeners uh, are aware of this, running a runoff election usually costs just as much as running that first round of uh, election. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for example, in the city of Albuquerque here in New Mexico, there was a conversation about whether to adopt ranked choice voting or not for their last mayoral election. Um, they the city council decided not to adopt ranked choice voting at this point, and the runoff election cost about $1.4 million. Mm. So, you know, for a city like Albuquerque, $1.4 million. That's a lot of money. For something else, right? Something that is actually going to benefit the public that could have been saved, that cost could have been saved if the city had just adopted ranked choice voting. So that's definitely something to consider. Yeah, very much so. Maria Perez is a uh, ranked choice voting expert. She's working with Fair Vote this election. So Kansas will be using ranked choice voting in its upcoming primary. I, you know, I I couldn't agree with that more. I mean, in an era where we're raising sales taxes and regressive taxes to fund things, and in, in in the Midwest we have potholes everywhere, Maria, that are because of the weather and the, the changes in the weather of of late, and and saving any kind of Tax, you know, revenue uh, is so important right now in this time and age, uh, especially here in the Midwest. Um, okay, so let's talk about. Okay, so we know that what you've been working on this for. You know, you said since 2016, probably had this in your your, your brain and your in your in your in your heart for years, as you mentioned, because of your story. Uh, are we seeing this this ranked choice voting? I know Fair Vote's putting a lot more work into it evolving i mean we're seeing it in four party primaries here in 2020 i think those states are alaska hawaii wyoming and kansas here locally uh and nevada Nevada, Nevada. of course they had their caucus what do we what i mean what what are you seeing on the ground i mean as somebody who's an expert i mean it seems to me this is such a no-brainer and we'll get into more of the pluses of it in a second in the next segment but it's such a no-brainer i mean we use this in in uh, voting on sports mvps we use a voting rank choice voting similarities and with the Oscars with awards. I mean, is it is it growing in the U.S.? Is it do you see a future that's going to be great as more cities and states and, and municipalities going to adopt this? I mean, I I sure hope so. What are your thoughts as someone who's been in the industry here and helping out for quite a while? So absolutely, it's something that has uh, been growing a lot. Support for this reform has been growing a lot, particularly in the last couple of years. So. You know, ranked choice voting as a sort of a mathematical model of doing elections uh, came out of MIT in uh, in, in uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts, uh, about 85 or so years ago. And it's been uh, the voting method in Cambridge 
for that long, right? They mm-hmm. they use this for their uh, for their local elections there for the past eighty plus years. You know, since then there's been several cities that have implemented this in the United States. Uh, at this point, we have about a dozen, a little more uh, cities, jurisdictions using ranked choice voting. There's about as many that are going to be implementing in the next year or so. Uh, we also have the state of Maine, who use, uh, which uses ranked choice voting basically for all their elections, uh, you know, at the state level. Um, there's there's a big push in Massachusetts to do this at the state level. There's a big push in Alaska to do this at the state level. Um, and then there's there's um, you know each state has their own election law, so this happens differently state by state. But there's many states that are um, also looking to pass legislation to provide for a local option, which means then that cities who are which are interested in doing ranked choice voting can actually adopt this system. Mm. So we've seen we've seen a very rapid growth of support. Uh, for ranked choice voting and, and, you know, the the big win that that this movement had in the last year was that uh, New York City, the voters in New York City overwhelmingly voted uh, to have ranked choice voting as their voting method for uh, for their municipal elections uh, for their primary there as well. Well, great. We'll definitely monitor that. Uh, we'll be right back after the break. We're going to talk about all of these wasted votes uh, that, that are happening right now throughout our country and talk more about Fair vote and ranked choice voting. You're listening to the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast and at grillnationshow.com. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for listening today. It's great to have everyone on listening on the air today and a great guest so far, Mia Perez, who is from the, uh, she's a consultant with, uh, on all things ranked choice voting. She's working with Fair Vote this election cycle. Fairvote.org is the website. Awesome website. Check it out. Tons of great information about ranked choice voting. It's happening throughout our country. It's growing. Uh, and they're on Twitter at FairVote. That's F-A-I-R-V-O-T-E. Um, Maria, we're noticing throughout this country, we saw Super Tuesday in California, in, in Texas, in other states, Colorado. We saw last weeks in the last couple election cycles, last uh, Tuesday election cycles. We saw states like my own state of Missouri. We saw Washington State. We're seeing other states uh, have a lot of people who are early voting or a lot of people who are voting for candidates in these states that aren't in the race anymore. They cast their ballot maybe before they were they were dropping out. And essentially, those votes uh, are considered wasted. I have, I have a list right now from FairVote, FairVote.org again, on their website. You can check this out. There's over 1.7 as the time that we tape this show and rising uh Votes for withdrawn candidates, uh, and that's as of March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, almost 9% of the total Democratic primary votes are going to people who are no longer in the race. Talk to us about that and, and, and why, fair, you know, why ranked choice voting really solves that because it, there's a lot of people that are frustrated that they lost their vote or there's a lot of states that are like, okay, now we have to have absentee ballots or people are going to have to come back and that's costing money. I mean – Seems to me this is this is really kind of a, a, a movement towards ranked choice voting. I mean, 
over almost 2 million votes that have been with, wasted on withdrawn candidates. Tell us about that. I mean, I know you're seeing it throughout the country. That's right. And, and that's that's a disgrace, right? That, that is like an affront to our democracy. What, I, what I'm seeing really is that there's, you know, we're moving into the 21st century, thank God, about <laughs> uh, the way that we do our democracy. We're, we're trying to um, make it, um, well, some people are trying to make it so that, that voting is accessible, that people can do it, that they're, you know, we're removing barriers. And, and some of the ways that we're doing this is that, you know, some states are um, passing legislation around uh, early voting, around same-day voter registration, all these things that we're seeing uh, around the country that are basically put in place to make sure that people have access to to the ballot, right? Mm -hmm. That they can vote, that they don't have to, you know, worry about whether they need to go to work or, or go vote, that they don't have to worry about whether they need to take care of their kids or go vote. So these are all wonderful reforms that, that we're seeing. And we have to look at this in a holistic way, right? So like early voting is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Vote by mail is a wonderful, wonderful thing because, again, it opens up that opportunity, that window of voting opportunity for people. We have to pair that up with ranked choice voting. That is just – it makes sense. If you're going to vote early, wonderful. Vote early. But but have a ballot that allows for people to express their preferences and that uh, makes sure that if uh, a voter's favorite candidate drops out before that vote is counted – that that voter's next choice is going to be counted. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so important insane. because so important, Maria, because, you know, now people I mean, when I, I was in the legislature in Missouri, when people started talking about early voting, I remember kind of sweeping the nation. And you're right. I mean, it makes it doesn't people will wait. And then then you're dealing with the whole getting out of work and it's one day and then the lines are long. I mean, there has to be a combination, I think, of this of ranked choice voting and early voting to really truly get the best out of the entire system. Is that right? Pairing up early voting with a ranked ballot is just what makes sense. These two reforms go hand in hand. Uh, it's wonderful if people have the ability to vote early because whatever circumstance in their life, it's just easier for them to vote early. It would be wonderful if they knew that their vote is never going to be wasted. Even if their favorite candidate drops out, then their vote would count for their next choice. Mm -hmm. So these two reforms really should be adopted together uh, to maximize, uh, you know, the effort that people put into actually uh, turning out to vote. And when we look at the situation that we're in right now with coronavirus, uh, it really makes sense for everybody across this country and across the world, really. But we're, we're talking about a national policy, right, mm -hmm. to have the ability to vote by mail, to vote early, and not, um, you know, incentivize people to go into a crowded uh, voting center. Mm -hmm. So if we're, we're talking about this, you know, national security safety of our voters, let's have early voting, let's have vote by mail, and let's have a ranked ballot. Very true. Very, very well said. Uh, Maria Perez is with me. Maria, let's talk about uh, Kansas, okay? As things stand right now, I know they're always – Open to change with uh, what's going on in our country with the coronavirus and and whatnot. Mailing mailing ballots is is kind of what they're doing there. Uh, starting March thirtieth, as I understand understand it, you're able to start voting and getting ballots. 
talk to me about the process in Kansas. I know you you visited, you you understand what's going on with uh, the Democratic Party there. Um, what what's what's the what's the way this is going to work as as we tape the show? Obviously, we'll we'll put the disclaimer on that everything is subject to change in this country right now. I mean, I think everyone's well aware of that. Uh, it's a moving thing, and so but as things stand right now, how does voting work in Kansas, and, and what are we looking at here? So as a, you know, good clarifying point, I am not in any way affiliated with a Democratic Party of That's right. uh, Kansas. But, uh, you know, but the party has uh, decided to go uh, ahead and, and implement ranked choice voting for this election. So the way that this is uh, supposed to work um, is that um, late March, the March 30th, I believe the ballots uh, will be mailed out to all registered Democrats in Kansas. Um, and by April 17th, uh, if you have not received, a um, ballot in the mail is the last day that you can request a mail ballot. So that's April 17th. That's the deadline for that. And then people have a little while to fill in their ballots and put it back in the mail. So April 24th is the last day to postmark your mail, uh, in ballot, and then if you haven't uh, voted by mail, if you didn't receive your mail-in ballot, if you didn't request it, then your last chance to vote uh, in this election would be in person, and that would be on May 2nd. Mm-hmm. I would like to encourage all uh, Kansas uh, Democratic voters to think of this in-person voting day, May 2nd, as their absolute last chance to vote day rather than election day, right? You have... Um, the benefit of having mail uh, vote by mail this for this election, and you have the benefit of uh, doing that early. You have the benefit of having a ranked ballot, so everything is set up for you, so that you don't have to worry about election day unless you absolutely, absolutely need to go vote in person that day. Uh, you can definitely um, vote very easily uh, before that day uh, with your mail-in ballot. And to clarify, also. Um, you know, or rather than clarify to um, agree to what you said earlier, you know, the things are changing very rapidly with coronavirus. So things are changing day by day. Uh, The Kansas Democratic Party has assured me that they're monitoring the situation very closely on a day by day basis. And that if there's any changes that uh, are made to the process, they will uh, definitely be sure to let voters know through the press through social media, through their website. So, um, you know, the plan as of now is what I just went mm-hmm. through, but uh, know that things could change and, and that would be well, um, well reported. Well, um, sure. They will share that. And I think that's important to make that disclaimer. Um, but it, in general, I mean, it just sets up perfectly if you are in Kansas uh, and you want to vote in the Democratic primary because of the mail-in ballots and, and mailing out the balance to all the all the, the the Democratic primary voters because you know a lot of people are staying home uh, right now and it makes perfect sense and and essentially uh, we're really tested to see how it works because you know if it, it's just such a good timing as far as what we're dealing with in the country to have the ability to vote via mail so I, I liked it I like that you said it's it it urging people to make sure that they use that uh, luxury in Kansas which. We'll start March 30th, and as you said, uh, you can request till April 17th, and that, but your vote and your mail-in ballot has to be postmarked and back 
to the area uh, by April 24th. And all that information is available on fairvote.org. They have an entire page dedicated to how the Kansas system is going to work this election cycle. Um, Again, fairvote.org, and you can check out Kansas and how ranked choice voting will work uh, there in 2020. Um, let's next segment, Marie. I really want to kind of get into um, how this really creates the strongest potential candidate for a party or for uh, a general election. Why it decreases the amount of partisanship and negative campaigning in our uh, election cycle, which I know most people are sick of, uh, and why it leads to a greater voter participation. Uh, I think that there's so many different things, and why actually it leads to a person with the most support winning and and leads to more civil campaigns and gives the voters more freedom in their choices. We're talking all about ranked choice voting uh, today on the Grill Nation show. If you want more information about this, I can't urge you there's not a better place to go than fairvote.org. A lot of uh, information on there, including the information that we had just spoken about regarding wasted votes. They actually have a vote tracker on their website of Democratic primary wasted votes. on, And these are on candidates who have already withdrawn from the race where people cast them early or uh, they only could vote for one person and they didn't have ranked choice voting in that state. Almost 9% of the votes in the Democratic primary in, throughout this country so far have been wasted. Uh, over almost 1.8 million candidates or votes have uh, been uh, wasted as of March 17th, 2020. A lot of inf- great information at fairvote.org. Check it out. We're going to be back after the break with one more segment with our great guest, Maria Perez, on ranked choice voting and fair vote. Get excited because in Kansas, you're going to be able to start doing this and utilizing the system. We still have four candidates on the ballot and in the race in the state of Kansas. You're listening to the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM. Welcome back to our final segment today of the Grill Nation show. I'm Jason Grill, your host. Thanks for joining us for the show. I hope you've enjoyed it. We've learned a lot about ranked choice voting and fair vote. Their website is fairvote.org. A lot of uh, issues on there, solutions, how to get involved as this continues to grow across the country. People in Kansas will be utilizing it starting here at the end of the month through mail-in ballots on March 30th and then a election day on May 2nd in person. Uh, Maria Perez is our, our guest today. She's been awesome. She's a consultant for Fair Vote uh, and also a very strong expert in ranked choice voting. Uh, we want to mention before we get back to Maria that KansasDems.org is the website that you can also visit for up-to-date information with everything going on with the coronavirus and how uh, everything will operate if there's any changes to the primary. And just to learn more about ranked choice voting and the ballot structure in Kansas, go to kansasdems.org. Maria, welcome back. I want to talk more in general about ranked choice voting. Uh, Last segment, I kind of teed up some some of the other things that we haven't talked about of why it's uh, growing throughout the country and why it's important. Uh, One of them is civil campaigning. Talk to us about that. I know in a world that uh, has become very partisan. Ranked choice voting actually leads to less negative campaigning. How so? It's totally true. And in some cases, we see that it's even uh, leading to positive campaigning. Imagine that. <laughs> we love that. So in 
and uh, you know, franchise voting is used in many jurisdictions. It's used in in uh, San Francisco, in Oakland, in San Leandro, in Berkeley. That's in California, like I mentioned, in Santa Fe and Santa Cruz and uh, Las Cruces in New Mexico. It's used in Minneapolis and St. Paul in Minnesota. It's used in Tacoma Park, Maryland. It's used all over the country uh, at the local level. And what we see in those places is that. You know, in a crowded race, when when we have, uh, let's say, a mayoral race with with six candidates in a ranked choice election, the winner is going to have to absolutely need mathematically need second choice and third choice votes to win that election. Right. To win that 50 percent plus one uh, of the vote, the majority of the vote. So what this translates to in practice is that those candidates, you know, not only have to reach out to their base, to those hardcore uh, supporters that are definitely going to vote for them, but they also have to reach out and talk to and have significantly uh, substantive conversations with people who support somebody else as their favorite candidate. So what this means is that as a candidate, if I go up, if I'm canvassing a neighborhood and I see my opponent sign on your lawn, I am still going to go up to your door. I am still going to knock your door and I'm going to say, Hey, I see that you support uh, my opponent as as your favorite candidate. Can you tell me what issues are important to you? And then you have that conversation with that voter and then you try to find ways to align with their issues. Right. You can say, you know, I know that I'm not your favorite candidate, but let me tell you, your favorite candidate and I have uh, worked together on the issue of street safety or or good pay for teachers or whatever it is. So you connect with people on on the issues that they care about and you form coalitions with your opponents, which is just amazing. Mm. In places like San Francisco and and Oakland that have had ranches voting for several election cycles, what we actually see is that people who are running against each other for the same seat actually put out, um, you know, like um, flyers and so forth where they're campaigning together, where they say, vote for me, number one, and vote for him, number two. And they're together on the pictures. They're sort of like Hmm, campaigning as as a coalition, right? Like we have similar platforms and we we want to have these things happen in our community. If you love me as your favorite candidate, love this other candidate as your second choice. And, you know, this positive campaigning, you can't can't beat that. Mm -hmm. We, We need more of that in our communities and our society. Um, this leads to more increased voter participation. It leads to a, a, a person who actually wins the election, who is a, uh, an individual with broad support, no doubt. Um, and it really kind of puts the, the power, uh, back in the voters hands because, um, you know, it, 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 they're not forced to be pundits. They can vote their conscience. They can, um, they can get excited. They probably actually leads to higher turnout, wouldn't you say? Because people, they're not they don't have that same feeling that they have where it's us against another person it's it's really kind of a unifying way to vote that's absolutely right and uh you know ranchers voting is what i really love about ranchers voting is that it's a very voter centric reform it benefits voters right it makes it easier for voters it it uh puts the the pressure to educate voters on the candidates and not on the voters, which I think is really important. If you're a candidate on a ranked choice voting election, you have to go out and talk to voters that are beyond your base. This means that the voters are, you know, they're at home and they're getting those uh, knocks on the door from several different campaigns. 
and they get informed about what the candidate's platform is about. They get a chance to have those conversations with people who come canvassing. And, uh, you know, so voters overall in a ranked choice uh, election usually get a lot more education about the candidates and their platforms because the candidates have to reach out to everybody. So it, this yeah. absolutely increases voter uh, engagement and voter turnout. We, we have seen in places that have ranked choice voting that the voter turnout does go up. I mean, it's not a miracle where all of a sudden 100 percent of the mm-hmm. voters go vote. Right. But we do see increased voter participation. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, it does save taxpayer money. It guarantees a majority winner. Uh, we do this in everything we do in other other worlds you know with sports and and with with awards and you know politics has always kind of been stuck in the dark ages so it's exciting to see you know voting kind of uh you know move forward and give the voice back to the voters and just again this is going to be happening in kansas here very shortly and you're still going to have four democratic candidates on the ballot in kansas again elizabeth warren joe biden bernie sanders and tulsi gabbard so you can actually go and see how this works or vote via mail ballot um, and, and see how the process works. And, and you know, we might have had nine – we could have had seven or eight candidates. Maybe they wouldn't have consolidated if the whole country, let's say, had ranked choice voting. Maybe that kept would have kept more people in the race, would have kept more voices in the race, would have kept more campaigning going. It would have led to a stronger candidate at the end of the day, would have had 50 percent of the vote. I mean there's so many different things that could have happened and changed uh, as, as we tape the show if – Ranked choice voting was 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 happening in all of these different states and all these different primaries, wouldn't you say? I mean, it could have led to a completely different outcome that we're seeing now with, with the uh, the race essentially already down to two candidates. That's absolutely correct. And uh, you know, I want to also mention something uh, from what you just talked about that is a benefit of ranked choice voting is that you know I think one of the bravest thing that a person can do is decide to run for office. I mean, that's just awesome. And in uh, you know the current more old school way that people uh, vote, candidates are really, unless you are like a a front runner from the beginning and you have like a political machine behind you, candidates are really always encouraged to drop out because they're going to split the vote. And I think that's a disgrace. Everybody who wants to run should be able to run and stay in the race and not have to worry about splitting the vote. And ranked choice voting just gets rid of that split vote situation because you know, if you vote for somebody and they don't have enough support, your vote is still going to count for your next choice. So nobody has to feel like if you stay there, you're going to elect this awful person, right? You mm-hmm. can go be a candidate. You can um, have your voice, have your platform, be part of the conversation and not worry about uh, spoiling anything or, or ruining anything uh, for, for another candidate. Maria Perez is a awesome, awesome guest today on the Grill Nation show. She's a consultant with FairVote. Their website is fairvote.org. Uh, she's also a ranked choice voting uh, expert. Uh, you can vote in Kansas here pretty soon on March 30th via the mail. And also that goes through uh, April 24th. And then on Election Day, May 2nd, as it stands right now, you can do it in person. And you can experience ranked choice voting and uh, and learn so much more about how it works at fairvote.org. Maria, thank you so much for all your work uh, on equity and democracy and everything you've done with uh, ranked choice voting throughout the country. Kudos to you on your success. And thank you for coming on the show today. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Jason. It was fun. Thank you so much. You bet. Thanks for listening to the Grill Nation show. We'll see you again next week. Take care, everybody. Stay healthy. Yeah.